Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Dutch sprint coach Hank Krajenhoff. And in our talk, guys, Hank's going to talk about athlete profiling. You know, we're going to get into um, what his favorite ideas are when it comes to training athletes to start out with. And then get into three things that he looks at when he's creating these athletes profiles and why he feels they are so important. We then are going to start talking about why Hank um, thinks that fiber typing is important and why people need to understand why that it is important. Um, then we get into you know the importance of understanding the style of learning that best suits your athletes. Because so much of what we do is cueing and teaching. Uh, Hank brings up some really great points uh, and even talks about some different ways you can do it. Then he gets into what, uh, what he thinks the future of training uh, is actually going to hold for us. What we're going to end up looking into more and doing more with, with athletes as, as time goes on. And one of those things he talks about is genetic testing and where this fits in with how he's profiling athletes now. It's really, uh, I mean, every talk with Hank is fascinating. And this, this is no exception. It's an awesome talk. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Hank, thanks for being on today, man. Okay. It's, uh, so we had a pretty interesting talk where you came up with this awesome idea from reading a couple books about, about some pretty neat questions. Mm -hmm. um, the first of which, I, I actually am really excited to hear this answer. <laughs> uh, so what is your favorite idea in sports training? Okay. Yes, let me go back to the to the first thing that you can uh, these uh, these questions. I read those books and uh, read the questions, but I was more interested in the answer. And you see a lot a lot of variation in answers. It kind of opens your mind if you have to limit yourself to one idea. You have to pick out the most important, and uh, and that kind of uh, narrows you down to the to the important things uh, that you have in sports training as well. The most important thing in 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 uh, idea in sports training is yeah, good. <laughs> I did think about those, uh, ever answering those questions myself I must admit um, I think um, it was an American doctor more than a century ago I think William Oslo who said if we have a patient I don't look at the disease I look at the patient and I think one of the most important ideas in sports training is don't look at the training or your system or your program look at the athlete and that's a, a common fact. We keep on tinkering on, on better programs without r really looking or, or say, ignoring that individual that you are applying this program to. So, like I say, I think it's very important to profile your athlete or your team on, 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 on as many factors as you can. And then make a program and not make a program apply to everybody whatsoever and then hope something good will come out. So, it's, it's in, the, in the relationship between athlete and the program. I try to focus on the athlete and not on the program. The program is something that comes after knowing what athlete you have. So I think this is, this is for me, this is the most important, um, most important issue in sports training. And that, that's often kind of, well, pushed away or neglected or, or yeah. <clears throat> no, that's awesome. So then yeah. if we look at building this profile, yeah. Uh, what are your favorite ways to do that? How do you prefer to do that with both, you know, I mean, as you've come through, like how has, how has that changed? And what have you done that you've been like, wow, that's a really great idea. And what are some things that you've done that you've been like, maybe I shouldn't do that one anymore? 
If you talk about profiling, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one of the first things in uh, uh, it was just coming not from science or from reading, just from sheer experience as a coach. So you ask yourself, how come we have two athletes and uh, of the same level, and the one always performs very well at the big ones, and the other one just cracks under pressure? Where is this coming from? There's a difference. They always do well, well in training, show you the most beautiful performances in training or in low-level competition. Then comes the big one where they really have to perform, and one cracks under pressure, and the other ones is just blooming under this pressure and say, hey, this is my, my, my type of competition. Where does it come from? So number one is, and that's probably not the first one I look at, but is how can they handle, how do they ha- handle pressure? So you got people who handle it very well and people who don't handle it very well. The second one is probably more relevant and, 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 and comes first in the line of profiling is a muscle fiber type. Are you a fast twitch type or a slow twitch type? Are you more explosive sports oriented or endurance sports oriented? Or are you, in many cases, a mixture between, uh, say, 50-50 explosive endurance or oriented which is very comes in very handy uh, very handy in, in many sports like in team sports you need to be explosive you need to be fast but you also need to last for <laughs> for as long as the competition uh, uh, takes um, that's number, number number two number three is uh, how do you learn how do you learn as a, as a uh, person are you a quick learner are you a slow learner <clears throat> um, are you left brain oriented? Are you more rational, thinking about numbers and graphs, and do you want to verbalize things, or are you more the creative type, the more 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 intuitive type, or the the more uh, listen to emotions, to your gut feeling uh, 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 type? Do you do you listen to your instincts or your reflexes instead of just trying to look at everything in a rational way? So those three things are for me very important. When you have those three. Those three things nailed down for your athlete, left or right brain, fast or slow twitch, and able uh, the, your ability to handle stress. I think uh, you already uh, did, did, let me say, 60-70% of your profiling. And then from that, you base the programs on, on, on those uh, things. I, <coughs> I wrote some things about uh, profiling of athletes uh, before, and it has to be done in a, a fast and simple way. We can use all kinds of complicated uh, uh, programs and technologies to figure it out exactly. That's not necessary. That's not necessary. You have to make a, a gross estimation of, of, of how the athlete is functioning. Yeah. You don't have to know the, what, what brand of car, what type of car, what, what, what year of car. But you have to know, am I driving a Hummer or am I driving a Volkswagen Beetle? Am I driving a Ferrari? That's important to know. No, yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) So you look at the right brain versus left brain. That's like a like a like a test, right? Like a like a written test. Yeah, there's a written test for that. You can do it directly by EEG. You can use a functional MRI, but you know that that's outside beyond the scope of many coaches. But there's a written test, and also uh, there's some other things that you can do. It's, it's like uh, uh, um, looking at left-handed, right-handed, left-footed, right-footed, the dominance of your of your uh, uh, motor system. Are you left-eared or right-eared? Are you left-eyed or right-eyed? Well, what is your the most um, your predominant eye? And also, you can learn some things from, from, from that as well. But the best one is just, there are some questionnaires about that. There are some books about that, about left and right uh, brain. 
And uh, don't go too deep into that. Don't follow it. It's not the left brain is exactly left and the right brain. No, 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 no. But just have a have a have a have a, 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 a uh, an idea how this athlete functions. Right, because obviously how you how they learn and how they yeah they they do all that is going to dictate yeah. not just yeah some programming things, but how you're cueing things. Yeah. And, and so, go ahead. No, I think it's uh, it's uh, important because the, the brain function in, in Holland, a big book was written uh, by a professor called We Are Our Brain. If you are our brain, why don't we do, do uh, think more about our brain function? We look at the muscle all the time. We look at the heart all the time. We look at all, many factors, but very few people look at the, at, the, at the brain function, which basically determines all of your sports performance. Where does your visual sensory input come in? Where does motivation come from? Where does motor learning come from? Where does memory come from? Where does movement come from, uh, everything basically stems from the brain. So I think we should should uh, pay more attention to the brain function of the athlete without exaggeration, without going too deep or too, too specializing. Uh, but we should have an idea about that. No, I think that's really fantastic. And that's, I can say with certainty, I know of only one coach around here, a mutual friend of ours, Mm-hmm. who's actually been on this podcast twice already, <laughs> um, who's ever talked about that, um, mm-hmm. looking at that. And, and he, he talks about it with, with the utmost rave reviews. Now, he's obviously in a pretty unique situation um, up in Pittsburgh, Jeff is, mm-hmm. you know, with, with the kids that he works with. Um, would any of those three change when you're dealing with a team? Since, you know, you have been involved with different clubs and different teams, yeah. do those three elements ever change? Or is it always pressure, uh, muscle fiber type, and learning? Yeah. Or like, if you were to, say, get a call from Ajax tomorrow, would those mm-hmm. be the three things that you would want to start talking with them about their boys with, or would it be different? Absolutely. Absolutely, because in a team, we're looking at the right person at the right place, doing the right things. And uh, we know that the profiles uh, are different for, let me say, in, 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 in soccer, from a midfielder, a defensive player, or <laughs> it's very clear, a goalkeeper, or how you call it, an offensive player. Yeah, he, striker. He, fast. And uh, he doesn't sprint that fast and that, that often, but when he sprints, he really sprints. Uh, and uh, his endurance, that's good, but he's the fastest of, of all. The midfielder is just going back and forth, bowing back and forth. Not that fast, but can cover a lot of mileage. In, in, uh, uh, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a, of course, uh, every, every uh, uh, position in the team uh, has, a, has a, basically a different profile. And I know in the U.S., especially in American football and also in baseball, there's statistics of finding it out. But... How do we really uh, differentiate this in training? I think there's too little attention for differentiators in training. That's the first step, not as a team, but looking at, at, at the position of a team. And, and um, uh, the personal preferences of the athlete by, uh, of learning should be taken into account as well. It doesn't matter if you're uh, a defensive player or a midfielder, but if you learn faster by looking at graphs or uh, looking at pictures, or you learn faster by, uh, by just seeing people and doing it and experience it yourself. That's, that's an important uh, thing because 
in elite sports at least, we always look at 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 at, at the minimal margin of uh, of uh, improvement. So those things are going to make a difference uh, for sure in the long term. Okay. And uh, you have to know if uh, if 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 you your player is explosive or not. Somebody might not be uh, very explosive. So as a as a as a as a uh, uh, so a forward. Uh, having to sprint, he might not do that well. And now you can do a lot of things, but you cannot turn a donkey into a racehorse uh, uh, yet. Yeah. Well, but you can yes. make fast donkeys, but <laughs> you can make faster racehorses, absolutely. Yeah. But in this case, you might uh, look for somebody who is more explosive to start with. So you always have has a hard start of somebody who is less explosive. You can you can compensate for that. You can correct for that. You can make a. a a slow guy faster, but you can't make him really fast. So if you're already a fast and explosive guy, it's easy to work with him or with her. Right. So by making a team, you have to look at the profile as well, the personal preferences. Well, and then early on in one of our first episodes, someone talked about looking at it as what makes that athlete special too. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, staying with soccer or football, like there's obviously some guys that play up top who aren't very fast but can hold the ball yeah. or aren't very fast but are just tall and strong and jump high and head the ball um, they're usually called Germans right and they're pretty good you know they they win sometimes so it's uh yeah you know, is it is it something where you think that those two may kind of be like intertwined. So like you talked about profiling the position, but let's say you and I play the same position. We're obviously very different people. Yeah. But maybe what I do for the team would be um, what allows us to be successful and what you do for the team. So would you put them and try to make them more into the profile or would you make Hank better at Hank and Jay better at Jay? Yeah, the last one. Because this is the beauty of sports. There is no, very little generalization in sports. There's many ways that lead to Rome and there's many different profiles leading to the same success. There's always things that you can compensate. If your technique isn't that well, you can compensate because you're very strong or very fast, even if your technique is not not perfectly biomechanically. You should work on that, of course. Or maybe you're you're not that strong, you're not that fast, but you have a very good good uh, feel for the ball or insight in in the game. Or you're mentally very strong, you never ever give up. So that's the beauty of sports. Many people can reach the top with uh, with completely different uh, 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 profiles, but they only get to that to the top because they they uh, listen to that profile and they develop that that specific uh, profile. So there's a different way to learn a movement, you know, some people are more verbal, you talk them to death and they say, okay, coach, tell me again. Yes, now I get it. And some people have to see it and they get it as well. They don't like to listen to you uh, uh, verbalizing everything and talk them to death. No, they, they, they don't get it. They have to see it. Ah, now I understand. You've been talking for half an hour and they didn't grab it and now they see, oh yeah, okay, that's how it is. They understand. So you can learn in different different ways. There's always uh, d- different ways, but you have to find out the optimal way for each uh, different athlete. Uh, so like I said, you have people with fast fibers, they can run fast, uh, fast of course. People with a little bit less fast fibers or with more slow fibers, they also can run fast if they know how to how to do it, how to use uh, their, their 
the, the small amount, smaller amount of fast fiber, how to use them optimally, how to, to make them hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. There's ways to do that, and there's other, other factors involved as well. So yeah, it, it, uh, I think there's a, there's a, it's not a static thing that if you don't fit the profile, then no, it's profiling to see where your athlete is. We know the demands of, uh, of uh, sports in the, in, in the first place. Uh, and there's a beautiful world-class example of high jumpers, which are very short. Of course, you, you prefer a tall high jumper with a high center of gravity. But if he's short, you can have more, maybe much more explosive or much better technique. So uh, look at the profile of the athlete, and, and it will do half of the job. And build your program on that. Instead of building a program for everybody, for the general athlete, will will apply to everybody. And for the average athlete, you will get average result. And that's it. And that's not what we're looking for. We're looking at the best result of every individual athlete. Squeeze out the best possible performance out of every different athlete. And some people will go, will do better than others. That will always uh, be a problem. But it is mainly because you don't don't look at the athlete. We give them all the same way. It, it, it's a, it's a one size fits all for all the athletes. And that's just not true, you know that. Right. That's some awesome stuff. <clears throat> I want to try to move on to the next question because this, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. this one, is, is something that we, we talked the last time we talked about a bit. Um, and then starting our conversation before we started recording, yeah. we were talking a little about the ebbs and flows of things. Yeah. So keeping it positive, what are you optimistic about coming into the future when it comes to developing athletes? <clears throat> um, well, one thing you can be optimistic about, there will always be more more athletes because the, 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 the population of this planet is growing. <laughs> <laughs> so when there are more people, there will be more athletes and a bigger pool to fish from. That's why that's why uh, big countries like the US or like China or, or Russia will always have an advantage over smaller countries like Holland. So we don't have that much uh, people. There are more people, more opportunities that, that, that you will uh, run into a, a talent. There is uh, lots of technical developments as, as well. Uh, I used to work almost with a mechanical stopwatch. We ran on cinder tracks. Uh, there were, was no high-tech equipment. Forget about internet or about video systems. If you have a video recorder or Super 8 movies, I mean, it was ridiculous. But so technical development is going to help us in the, in the, in the future. There is a risk technical development that, and, and basically it is, in former days, technology was there to help us. Technology was our slave, was our tool. But it seems more and more that we become slaves of technology. So you see people responding if their, their phone is beeping. You see a total response, people jumping out of their chair or becoming very uncomfortable because they, they, there's a phone beeping somewhere. So that means a little beep changes something in your behavior already. If that, isn't, if that can change your behavior, don't ask me what the rest of uh, all those stimuli will do to the human brain and human behavior. So we, we became slaves of technology, uh, and, and that's something that we should be, and also many young coaches became slaves of their tools, of their their uh, equipment uh, a little bit, uh, believing that, that, that buying the latest equipment and, and, and the hottest technology and, 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 and the nicest gadgets uh, will will automatically lead to a better performance. And this is just not true. And that's why we always, thank God, need coaches for it. Not only to buy the equipment. <laughs> 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 we, don't, we don't even pay for them. But 
that somebody else doing it. But it's just to interpret it, uh, in, uh, interpret uh, the, the, the the data. So make sure that what you derive the right and the right conclusion for the data we get to our our tools. But but monitor you see also well a lot of tools for fools, toys for boys, instead of making wise use of of the equipment that is uh, available. So technology, new technologies. Knowledge about uh, biomedical sciences, about uh, 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 genes, uh, like I said, there's, there's genetic testing right now, which is also part of, uh, of, this, uh, of, the, of the profile. And that's a neglected, uh, a neglected chapter right there. The most important thing is, is, is you are basically, for a large part, for the, the product of the, 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 the genes of your parents. And that determines how the color of your eye, that determines how tall you are, that determines a lot of lot of things. And and most of the time we try to work on factors for which you might genetically not be uh, uh, suited. You have no genetic uh, predisposition to let me say, uh, uh, look at my muscles here. Do you think this is muscles are determined to become Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't think so. Oh, I uh, argue against that. I think you could look like Arnold tomorrow. <laughs> maybe he didn't try hard enough that is it that's true too. <laughs> maybe he didn't even want to be look like him <clears throat> no that's a lie <laughs> so you might be uh, uh, trying to um, to work on things with, for which genes uh, did, did not uh, did not uh, equip you very very well now you can overcome that by, by training, but you have to keep this in mind that you might not be that racehorse, you might be a donkey. That doesn't stop you from being a very fast donkey, but uh, that's nice if you have to race against donkeys. But if you have to race against racehorses, then even the fast donkey is going to lose from the, from the racehorses. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and so we, we can derive a lot of information, especially about trainability, the ability to handle workload, about nutrition, about fiber type, and so on. About many things we can derive in a simple way, non-invasive, relatively cheap from genetic testing right now. So I think that's going to be, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that, that genes, no, uh, not minding the fact that, that, that we only know maybe 1% of what is happening. But 1% is better than nothing than ignoring the fact that we know already 1%. Okay, okay forget about one. I want to know 100%. I only start doing gene testing when we know 100%. Then you might have to wait for 50 more years or maybe 100 more years. So in our lifetime, we have to do with whatever is available and there's uh, information available. So I started working with uh, genetic testing and... Uh, yeah, this this field will evolve very very quickly. Will 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 develop very very quick in the in the coming uh, coming decades. And then, how do you see genetic testing trickling down to the masses then, when it comes <laughs> to training athletes? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, right now, I I use it mainly as a confirmation. Uh, now, what we do now is, is a lot of trial and error. We feed our athlete, or athletes feed themselves, <laughs> maybe we don't feed them, but they feed themselves with stuff which might not be good for them, and they find out uh, when the damage is done after years, they might have a gluten intolerance, they might have a lactose intolerance, all those things are, we, are mainly determined by your genes. Or the ability to handle uh, 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 toxins like caffeine or alcohol, uh, some people can drink a lot of alcohol and 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 and, um, 
get up from that chair and walk away. And some people did just drink two beers are, in, uh, are on the floor. Now you can figure it out by trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> you also have, have an idea from your genetic uh, maker by, 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 by looking at it beforehand uh, instead of finding out by trial and error that things don't work. Now you can look at the tendency or the, 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 the trend. Okay, mm, I have this idea, but I see this genetically, this might not work. This, this person is just not suited for this kind of load or for this kind of nutrition or for this kind of training. So you can already skip uh, a lot of uh, uh, trial and error and you can save uh, valuable time, uh, I think, by, by at least having an idea what the athlete is, how the athlete is built, how his blueprint uh, looks like, instead of building a house with some bricks and some mortar and some, some whatever, instead of looking at the blueprint, then you have at least an idea how this house is going to look like in the future, you know what, how, how high the walls are and how many bricks you need and what kind of bricks you need. So you're basically looking at a blueprint, which is interesting. Yeah, and that's just the swab. Yeah. And then, is there a pre-test, post-test? Um, no, it's just you send it to the lab and you get your basically your genetic blueprint. Right. So I, do you yeah? track that? So then, like, I come to you, we're training for Rio, we do that first, and then do we do that in a couple months again, or is that just the starting point and we just roll from there? Well, there's only one starting point. Your blueprint is your blueprint. It doesn't it change very little over time, only by mutations or by, well, if you uh, spend a lot of time in the sun, some of your uh, uh, skin cells will pop and start to mutate and everything. So, yeah, there is always a little bit of impact, but over your blueprint will, will, will not change. It's like a book over 400 years ago. Yes, the paper and the ink will fade. Yeah, absolutely true. But you can still able to read your, the original text uh, in there. So your blueprint uh, will basically stay the same. There's not much difference if you do it now. It's a one-time thing, for sure. Do you think that this will have an impact on athlete selection? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Now, here's the, the, the clue. There are something like uh, speed or something like strength is determined by 10, 20, 50, 100, 200 different genes. So there might be 200 genes. So uh, only when you have, uh, and you'll never find somebody with, it's like a light switch, you switch on or off, basically. And it will be very hard to find out one athlete uh, which has all the 200 light switches on. (laughs) So you have those 200 light switches, all of them are on. They're always, uh, so we're already happy to, uh, and and only one of out of 20 athletes has this light switch switched on no okay so one out of 20 athletes that's for the first switch only and then the second switch another 20 uh, uh 20 uh, one in 20 will have this this light switch switched on let's say for for speed or for fast fibers or whatever that means 20 times 20 it's only one in 400 athletes already will have those two light switches uh, uh, switched on and so you have 200 of them. So the, the chances that you will find an athlete like that, the perfect, perfect, perfect genetic athlete, uh, it's very slim. But it doesn't really matter because it gives you more information. It just gives you more information, you know, what like fits is. Okay, you can, we're not looking at, at um, certainties. We're looking at probability here. Right. Probability that you have a, a, an athlete. There's no certain things in sport. There's no certain things in life. There's no certainty in, in, in biology. So we look at probability here. No, but that's neat because it's it's not expensive. 
it's extremely invasive. No, exactly. That's a key. It, it, has would, just, it would just be one. dealing with a laboratory that would know what you're looking for. Yeah. And basically, you can also look at, uh, let me say, what to do with baby is given this uh, 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 heel, prick in the heel to see yeah. if they... Uh, okay. But mainly in, in, in hospitals and in, in, in medicine, it's for looking for genetic diseases. They're specifically looking for genetic diseases like neuromuscular diseases or metabolic diseases. Well, that's as coaches, that's not our cup of tea. So most universities and hospitals laboratories are specialized in looking at what is the, the probability that you will get Alzheimer or you will get a, a, a cardiovascular problems or that you will, uh, okay, stay away from that. That's not our business. Uh, it's, 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 uh, we, are, we are coaches, we have to look at performance, we have to look at health indeed. And there's some things, there's some overlap, for instance, the risk of injuries. There are some genes which have responsibility for the structure of your, of your collagenous tissue. Well, if the collagenous tissue is not well developed and is a little bit weaker, then you will have all the time you have injuries and nobody knows where it really comes from. Well, it's genes. It's already well established for, for instance, the Achilles tendon and for some other things as well. You know, which, which genes are, are related to that. So by looking at the genes, I can look at the probability. Now, the good thing is it doesn't say that you are going to be injured. If you have this gene and you sit in your chair and never get up, you will never get injured. <laughs> Right. But if you have this gene, you're an athlete, then you know with this athlete you have to take a little bit, a little bit more care of, 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 of establishing a program and training loads and heavy loads and everything, and all those things that give you in. For the athletes can take more risk and for this athlete you have to be a little bit more careful. But now you have a kind of a warning sign that, okay, maybe he cannot handle that, that, that workload uh, like other people can, instead of finding out that they, after they get injured. You know, it's great that you say it like that because that's a situation that I've run into of, of recent yeah. with a lot of the kids and, and some of the people that I work with where they look at these things and it's like, well, you can't handle, you probably shouldn't handle this today or you might want not want to do that today or hmm. whatever. And then they go out and it's still the best performance of their life. Yeah, total, yeah, you know, total uh, exaggeration there. But you know what I'm, what I'm getting at. Yeah. But it's like, what they don't understand is what we're saying is, it's probably something you want to keep an eye on, or could lead to problems later, or yeah. there's the precursors mm -hmm. for this boulder to start rolling down the hill. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could have all. You could be the one in 400 that you mentioned put your earbuds in, walk across train tracks and get run over, you know, like there's, there's nothing in your genes that says you're not going to get hit by a car no, or no. you're not going to get run over by a train. Like shit happens. Exactly. You exactly. know, exactly. Um, but yeah. I think people look at all of these and I, and I think that you said it great when you're talking about, it's just data that's going to allow us to make better decisions and understand directions to take because of what, could mm. what we could be looking at people look at all of these things in such a like like they're deities and back to our conversation before i think that part of this generation too what they have a hard time with is because everything's been given to them so quick and right away and it's all right in their face yeah that <clears throat> they don't understand um like probability almost 
Yeah, exactly. You know, that you can do this, but you can do this now, but tomorrow you might have a problem. Or if we keep doing this, now you're going to start breaking down. Um, So, no, that's, that's really neat. And I think that the whole idea of looking at just those two factors, mm-hmm. you know, are there injury risks? Are they really good athletically, like yeah. predisposed? Yeah. Could really be like game-changing stuff Yeah. Um, when it comes to just recruitment. Yeah, it's it's like an evolution. It's not a revolution. Didn't like a revolution. Well, the fact that we could revel uh, the, the 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 human gene by Craig Venter in, in the beginning of this century was 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 okay. Probably a revolution. It was the first time that something happened. And now there's an evolution. Evolution is is, is going fast, and it has some use in in a sport. It's not going to be that everybody needs genetic testing and everybody is going to be a better athlete now. It's not like that. It always depends again. Yes, on the coach, on the coach. One decision you're going to make based on that information. We see this, get the same information, we still we take all the decisions depending on your experience, your culture, your education, as, a, as a, and, and your preferences as a coach. Even if we get the same information, so the secret rule will be the quality coach that makes a, the little bit better decisions than the other coach based on the same information. Yeah. So, the, and that's why coaches' education is an important thing. And and uh, yeah, that's why I see. Uh, one hand, a negative, a positive trend. There's more information available all over the world oh, yeah. through the internet. I don't have to go to the library in, in, let me say, Los Angeles or New York to find a book that is not available in any university in Europe. I can find a book now at the internet. That's fine. But there's so much that people got lost. Uh, that, that's, that's one thing. And strange enough, our perspective of time is changing uh, our perspective of time also as coaches but uh, many new generation coaches changing uh, i learned to i'm reading books from a hundred years ago already did uh, a long time ago when i was a young coach to see to learn from the old chaps what mistake are they made what advice are they giving you because these guys already had 20 years of experience as a coach and i had not even two days experience as a coach so what can i learn from them already to start with not 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 getting into the same trap like they did, not making the same mistakes that they did. And number two, I'm looking in the future. I'm not looking at, at the athlete, what is the athlete going to do tomorrow or in, in, in the Olympics in Rio, but also looking at where will this athlete be in four years? Is there a chance that the athlete in four years in, 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 in 2020 will go to the next Olympic Games? Okay. And then uh, I also took uh, take care of the health of the athlete. Uh, will this athlete be harmed or injured by my training or my 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 ideas? Because there's a life after sports. It's nice the athlete say, "Hey, ain't great. I got this Olympic medal, or I got this world record. Uh, I ran this world record." But you know, where's your medal? Well, it's in, the, in here in my in my wheelchair. You know, it's in a wheelchair. It's, it's not very good. But it seems the time perspective of modern coaches is, is like more limited to now. What is now? They don't think about uh, about the long term and they don't look back in the long term. They only look back. Everything is older than five years is old or they can't even, don't even, they ignore it. Uh, even this. And that's what I see as, as a threat to the quality of the coaches. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it seems that, again, going back to the idea that you had earlier, the ebbs and flows of everything. Yeah. There, there's just some stuff that always works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It worked already three thousand years ago, like like uh, breathing techniques. 
like yoga or, or whatever. It worked 3,000 years ago, like acupuncture. It works, of course. It worked 3,000 years ago. If it wouldn't, it wouldn't survive that time span. Yeah. It would be discarded after a couple of years if it wouldn't work. Right. So there's many things to learn from the past. If it worked then, it will pretty much uh, work now, at least if we're talking about things like this. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Hank, this has been absolutely fantastic. I can't thank you enough for taking the time out today to talk with us. Okay. And um, I guess we can take this moment, though, to announce you're coming back to the United States in July. Yes. Yes, yeah. back on the docket for the 2016 seminar. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm looking forward already. I'm uh, almost every week or almost at a daily base, I must admit. I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, lecture at your uh, at your seminar. Uh, absolutely. Brilliant. I have so much uh, pleasure, and it's not only the seminar in itself, meeting you and going back to Richmond, but it's also the people that you invite and. Uh, I've been to seminars over the past years from Canada, Australia, Europe, uh, almost all over the world. But uh, yeah, one reason or another, I, 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 yours really stands out. It's not only the knowledge and the experience, the sharing with the coaches there and the sharing with the other speakers, but it's also the whole atmosphere of, uh, of, uh, of uh, that, that, that uh, really... Uh, really uh, that i really like <laughs> so i'm looking forward to that jay well Absolutely. i can't wait to have you back stateside buddy and catch up so we don't have to talk through a computer but i uh, can't thank you enough for the time today hank we'll be in touch really soon okay brilliant jay, thanks <laughs> and a huge thanks again to hank krasenhoff for taking his time out to sit and talk with us about these things absolutely full of information tons of gems in that talk just the whole idea of the uh the genetic testing to, to look at fiber typing, nutritional strategies, uh, injury risk possibilities. I mean, that stuff is unbelievable. It's, it's really, uh, really neat. And it's, it's awesome to, to know that Hank is so far ahead of the curve and, and pushing all of us to become better coaches. And super excited to piggyback that announcement with Hank being the second presenter we are announcing for the 2016 seminar here in Richmond, Virginia, July 15th and 16th. I uh, can't wait. The, uh, as the lineup unfolds, guys, you, you'll be able to see why we are so excited and, and can't wait for July to get here. And as always, any comments, thoughts, questions, please post them below. Hank's definitely going to be back. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a great resource who's not afraid to answer questions and, and share information. So any questions, comments, thoughts, please leave them below. Shoot them at us on uh, Twitter. Put them on Facebook, and uh, we'll get Hank answering those right away. And as always, guys, thank you for being part of uh, the podcast and everything we do here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest.